It's a beautiful day in the universe. You're listening to Cosmically Yours, a podcast with intuitive astrologer Kara James. I'm glad you're here. Not just listening in, I'm glad you're here on the planet. The world needs you to claim your brilliance, and in these weekly audio letters, I hope to inspire you to do just that. Sunday, December 6th, 2020. Dear listener, how are you this fine Sunday evening? It's a bit cold and damp here in Portland, uh, but I got out for a nice walk today. You know, it's Sagittarius season, and Sagittarius love to be outdoors, so whether or not there's a little bit of rain, we got to get out there and honor the season. So I hope uh, hope everything is treating you well. The moon is in Virgo today, or has been since about noon Pacific Standard Time, and my husband has been cleaning up a storm. And you know, the funny thing is, he doesn't even really believe in astrology. You know, he hears all about it from me. He knows a lot about it, but you don't have to believe in the planets to have them affect you. And sure enough, moon in Virgo, he's deep cleaning the stove. He's getting in all the little crooks and crannies. Um, just love seeing astrology at work, um, even in the little, little tiny ways. Um, but here we are, you know, we're, we're in Sagittarius season. It's a time that, you know, we think of being full of love and joy and abundance and gift giving. But it's also a time when we can feel a little bit more lonely. We may have uh, been missing loved ones who've passed away, um, you know, or more acutely feel the people that normally would be nurturing us in our worlds feel their absence, especially now with COVID, we may be far from the people that we want to see. And I've especially been thinking about this today because tomorrow is the anniversary of my grandmother's passing. Um, she just was an absolute wonderful woman. I don't think anyone had more fun than my grandma. She was a Leo with a Leo rising, uh, and she had her north node in the fifth house. I mean, that's a lot of Leo-type energy. She was all about play and adventure, and um, you know, she lived in Africa in her 60s, and I got to go and visit her when I was a young person and um, was just really wonderful, inspiring person, one of the most generous people, too that you could imagine. And, you know, when we have a loss, like somebody so wonderful as that, uh, leaving our life, not only does it create a soft and tender spot in us, it actually also creates one in our astrological charts. And when the sun comes back around to the same point it was at the time of that loss, we feel it again. We remember it in some way, even if we aren't consciously thinking um, that it's that time of year. There's a vibration that reminds us, and, and that's what came into my world today. And if this season holds some heartache for you or some disconnection or some loneliness as we are wont to feel, you know, just remember that you can only feel this way. You can only feel this pain because your heart has known the joy of connection, of love, of oneness. And even if some of that's lacking in your life right now or has been for some time, you know it's possible. It's there for you. That yearning is there for a reason. And one thing I just love about astrology is that it shows us how we learn and experience through opposites. You know, we see this with young children. We simultaneously teach what's hot and cold because you need to know one to understand the other. And in the same way, every sign of the zodiac has its opposite. They're on opposite sides of the wheel from one another, and there's a spectrum of experience that the signs represent. 
Now, the planets, too, they each have a spectrum. They have a high side and a low side, high vibration and a bit of a lower vibration. So when we come to difficult times in life, you know, astrology gives us a way to look at our experience from a few different angles. We can look at those painful times and find the higher vibration of the planets and the signs involved. And we can see a more full picture of whatever that thing is um, in our lives, what it's trying to um, teach us. And we can have a more full story for whatever it is that we've been telling ourselves. And this is why I believe astrology is the most healing tool we have on the planet. We can use these astrological symbols to see and honor the truth of our experience. And we can grow our awareness of what our challenges are here to show us. And we can even find solutions in the chart uh, by intentionally leaning into the higher vibrations of these difficult placements, as we all have some in, in our charts or transits to our charts that can bring up difficult things in life. You know, we all have we all have things that we're going to go through, and some it's true, some have more challenges than others, but we all experience the planet Jupiter, which can bring doubt, uh, and it can test our faith in ourselves and in life, our faith in life itself. You know, we all have a planet Saturn, which can bring restrictions and loneliness, but it can also teach us about our inner strength and our sovereignty as unique souls. And we all have Uranus, which can bring surprises and sometimes unwanted change, very unexpected, quick, uh, sudden change. But Uranus is teaching us about freedom and how to be true to our individuality. We all have a Uranus. And Neptune, you know, Neptune can bring deception and lack of clarity, but it's also a planet that teaches us about trusting our intuition and helps us have compassion for other people, for the human condition. And of course, Pluto, who's been one of the, the big players this year um, with COVID and everything else we're seeing in society, Pluto can bring some of the most potent changes of all. And it's there to teach us that we are regenerative. We are not static. We are not one thing, one form. We are constantly growing and changing. So all of these planets, you know, we get to experience in different ways in our life, and we can lean into different sides. We can wallow in some of the, and sometimes we need to wallow for a little while in some of the hard stuff um, and really, you know, feel our feelings and really feel what that's, um, what that's like. Um, but we can also, in time, lean towards the higher sides and figure out how we can use these planets and their lessons to better ourselves, better humanity in some way. And, you know, I'm curious what the planets have been teaching you this year. What are you noticing? What themes are coming up for you? Are you, you know, are you in the lower side of the vibration right now, which is okay, which is valid? Are you finding ways to pivot and, and stretch, um, stretch through the different archetypes of experience? Now, if you're in your late 20s or late 50s, you're in a time that's known as the Saturn return. It's when Saturn comes back to the sign and degree that it was when you were born. And those are just known to be difficult times, right? Saturn brings a lot of lessons around the structures of our lives and makes uh, pretty significant shifts or contributes to pretty significant shifts as we are moving on our path to being more true to ourselves. 
And this has been a really hard time if you're in those age groups to have a Saturn return because Saturn's been hanging out with Pluto, another uh, powerhouse planet. So it's been a tough, tough time um, for a lot of folks in those age ranges. But I just want to assure you that it's temporary. All things change. The the difficult things change and the good things change, right? Nothing, nothing all stays um, stays the same. And if you're in one of those tough spots now, there's a wonderful book by Pema Chodron called When Things Fall Apart. It's what got me through some difficult Saturn times myself, and um, it's my number one go-to uh, for people who are in that place. And just to be able to remember that all is impermanent. Um, it just it just gives us a little bit um, a little bit more breathing room when things are tense and things are tight to remember that. So this was a, a really big week in the news. Um, you may have heard that Tony Shea, the founder of Zappos, an online shoe company, passed away at a very early age. He was just 46 years old. And you may remember last week I was sharing about how People who have a lot of fire energy in their charts were having an especially hard time this year being cooped up and cooped in. And we were looking towards the eclipses, um, one that we had last week, lunar eclipse, and a solar eclipse in Sagittarius that were going to impact fire people. Um, so this apparently is, was true for Tony, too. He had many planets in Sagittarius and was having a hard time from what we can now now know in um, in the news. So of course I wanted to pull up his chart and just get a better understanding. You know, looking to leaders, um, leaders of our countries, um, leaders that we look up to in different ways. Um, it's helpful to kind of get a sense of what's happening in society. These are people that um, you know that take on a lot for the rest of us to be able to to look to. And while we don't have a birth time for Tony, um, we do have a birth date, and I'm able to see a few things in his chart. And I just wanted to share because it feels feels applicable to uh, where we are right now. So when I look at look at his chart, I mean, if you know his his bio, I read the big uh, Forbes article that was done on him a few days ago. Um, you know, he went to Harvard, was a, a quick success in business, made. Uh, millions upon millions in the tech industry. And, you know, we see in his chart, Mars was opposite Uranus. This this is a signature that made him a phenomenal tech leader, no doubt. Um, but it also is a signature that could make him rather impulsive and have his energy hard to contain. Um, so there's many sides to the aspects like I was talking about earlier. His Mercury was conjunct Neptune. So that can create an inspired and visionary person, right? Um, really creative ideas that can come forth from that. But it can also create a disconnect from reality or a desire to disconnect, which we've now learned that he was doing through drugs and alcohol. So there you have, again, the spectrum of a high side of a, of a planet combination, Mercury-Neptune, very visionary, but it can also, um, you know, when not, not being used well, um, can sink into a lower vibration of that thing. So we also see, you know, looking at his chart, um, Venus and Jupiter were in Aquarius, sign of friendship and community. And we learned in his bio that he was building intentional community all around him. But unfortunately, he didn't surround himself with the right people. And when his mental health issues started to grow, he didn't have the right people in his world to really, um, you know, help point him back in the right direction. 
So somebody with as much Sagittarius and Aquarian energy as he had in his chart would need a great deal of freedom and spaciousness. And in this time of containment, I suspect a lot of things were, were getting to him. Um, you know, without it's hard to get the full chart because without a time, we can't see his rising sign. We can't see his midheaven or even his moon sign. Um, from, you know, playing with the chart, I can see that he had a moon between either, you know, 20 degrees of Cancer and between that and five degrees of Leo. But I'm assuming it wasn't Cancer. His mother um, was apparently a social worker that would fit very well with moon and Cancer. Our moon can describe some of the energies of our mother. Um, and people who've had planets or who have planets right now in their natal chart in the late degrees of Cancer have been having a harder time because Saturn, Jupiter, and Pluto are all opposite them in uh, Capricorn. So I wouldn't be surprised if he was going through a lot of tough times with the the, the placements there. I suspect his moon was probably in in late um, in late Cancer, and. You may remember how I've been talking about Mars and how Mars had been retrograde and then turned around a few weeks ago and started moving very, very slowly forward. And I said Mars would be hanging out around 15 to 16 degrees of Aries for a while, which it normally doesn't do, right? It's normally kind of speeding along, but it's almost like when you you stop a ship and you got to turn it around it takes a while to go back through those waters and get some momentum going so mars has been hanging out uh, at that spot for a while now which is a really you know could be really uncomfortable if you had a planet there in your chart and we found in tony's chart that he had the asteroid chiron um, right at, I believe, 16 degrees of his natal chart. Now, if you've worked with your chart, you know Chiron is an asteroid that relates to a personal wounding um, that we've had, often something from our childhood. So it could be, you know, ch challenges with parents. Um, it could be, you know, you might have it in a place of learning. You may have had, um, you know, learning disabilities, things like that. We all have an area of wounding in some way. We might not always think of it in those terms, but a sensitive part, um, you know, a sensitive part of our lives. And we don't know what that meant for this man, but we know that Mars was poking in a very uncomfortable way that sensitive part of his chart, that Chiron wound, um, stirring up, no doubt, a great deal of pain. In Aries, Chiron can be, you know, am I good enough? Am I man enough? A wounding from the father, perhaps a wounding from the masculine in his life. And, you know, in the coming days, that acuteness of that pain would have lessened. Mars would have moved on. He'd have more breathing room, may have had a longer, um, you know, longer challenge if Pluto was indeed across from his moon. But, you know, it's it's clear, you know, when you look look at the chart, this was someone in a great deal of pain. They're still investigating his death, trying to understand if it was a suicide or um, or something else. But, you know, if I just so wish people had, uh, you know, astrology was, um, you know, more commonplace and more understood because using this, we can see, we can see what the pain is about, what it's asking us to lean into, what it's trying to show us um, in some way, but we can also get a sense of when it's going to ease up. And, you know, it just, it's a tragic way to, um, you know, to have gone the way he went, um, and quite a great loss because, you know, he was so brilliant and prolific, did business in really unusual ways. He would um, famously 
pay people to leave his company because he only wanted people who were really dedicated to building it up. So he did some really interesting things. Um, so it's definitely a loss for the tech industry for him to be um, to be gone. But you know, there's a lot we can we can learn, and I suspect we'll know more in the coming days about his story, and perhaps others who struggle with um, drugs and alcoholism will be helped in some way through his story coming out and about. Um, but this lunar eclipse that we had last week was was in activation at the time that he passed. And again, as I said before, it can open up a bit of a portal energy, and his soul was ready, ready to go. Um, you know, when when we use the planets <laughs> the way the way they're intended, right? We can really face our shadows. It's not comfortable at all to do so, but we can look at those energies, we can work with those energies, and we can transform them, transform ourselves by working with the vibrations of the planets. So I, I just want to share that with you. Um, you know, if you're in a place that's that's difficult right now, know it's temporary, know that there are tools to help you shift, um, you know, shift whatever it is, lean into whatever it is. And eventually, you know, all things change, all things re resolve. So here we are, you know, Mars is moving forward again. Um, it's almost like we're back in the summertime, like late July, um, early August when everything was moving. You know, Mars is back at that same part of the sky, that same part of your chart. So you may have noticed if there was anything in your life, any projects that had been stalled, they may be back underway. Um, things are starting to move along. And Saturn and Jupiter have, they've been hanging out with Pluto for most of the year, and they've just moved along. And now they're, they're touring through the final degrees of Capricorn right now. They've got just about a week and a half in Capricorn, an Earth sign, uh, left before they're going to move into the air sign of Aquarius. So we're in between worlds in a way. We're preparing to leave behind the things of Capricorn. Capricorn can represent the past, the establishment, the, the ways that we know, and we're preparing to move into Aquarius, which represents future innovation, possibility. Have you ever done the StrengthsFinder test? You know, it's pretty common in the workplace. They, uh, it's a Gallup poll, and they tell you your top five strengths. You take a little, you know, online quiz. Uh, one of my top strengths is futuristic thinking. Perhaps that's no surprise, considering I use the planets to help people think about the future. Um, but my husband is the exact opposite. One of his is called, I think, Context, and it's about learning from the past. No surprises for him either. He was a history major. So, you know, we'll be taking walks around inner southeast Portland, where we live, and it's a neighborhood that's gone through a lot of change in the last few years. And so, you know, it's not not too uncommon to be walking past, you know, a warehouse that's kind of broken down and um, clearly they're going to be tearing down in some way or, you know, empty fields where there's some kind of construction happening. And so when we're walking around and we're, we're seeing these things, you know, he'll stop and say, I wonder what this used to be. You know, what was this like 100 years ago or, um, you know, 50 years ago? And I'm looking at the very same thing, but from a completely different perspective. I'm looking at this wondering, what, what's going to be built here? What's, what's coming to this land? 
And both perspectives are right and valid and helpful. But I see us in that space right now of kind of having one foot in the past and one foot uh, in the future as we're straddling these final degrees of Capricorn and getting ready to move into Aquarius. So change is coming, right? We, we know change is inevitable. Change is coming. Uh, we're moving into a new era. And Saturn and Jupiter get together. They are conjunct about every 20 years. Um, but, you know, they've been meeting up in elements that are other than air for many hundreds of years. In fact, outside of a little blip in uh, 1980 when they met up in the sign of Libra, they had not been in... They had not been together, like fully, fully together in an air sign since the year 1345. So I said hundreds of years before, and now I've got the exact year 1345. And this is a pretty dramatic shift. This is a a generational type of thing, right, where we're now moving into a new era of these two power planets meeting up in air signs. And it's a big shift to move from earth signs, where they've been for the last few hundred years, to air, from something solid like earth to something ephemeral like air, from something that's contained to something that moves like the wind, from an element that values stability and structure to an element that values freedom and change. Now, air energy may resonate with you. It does for me. I'm mostly an air person. And if you don't know what that means, you look to your chart and you have a lot of different planets and different signs. And sometimes you have a predominance of of an element. Um, Sometimes you have them spread out and you're you're kind of more of a generalist learning about all the different, uh, you know, elements. But If you're more of an earth person, you may feel more comfortable with the times that we've been in. And this new uh, shift into air may feel a little bit more unsettling because it's something different. And there's a bit of an unpredictability with it as well. So this final chapter of 2020 is still exciting because we are moving into this new era of air. I will talk more about that in uh, future episodes, and I'll also um, be sharing some webinars with you soon where I do a full uh, look at the year 2021. Um, But it's an exciting final chapter. Um, We've got this potent eclipse happening in a little over a week. Um, We've got Saturn and Jupiter meeting up in Aquarius at zero degrees. And Mars is moving along. He's um, preparing to square the outer planets again. So there's a little more more tension to come. It's like the final drama, um, you know, of the planets that were really stirring up COVID. Um, So there's more to come. But you have a lot of support. I, I was preparing for today, and the message that kept coming up was, you have a lot of support. There are guardians tending to your vision. I don't know what that vision is, but I know if you're listening to me now that you are a person of vision. That's why you are here. There's something that is birthing in you, something that you are birthing into the world and your guides are saying that you have support behind you that regardless of what you know your vision to be it may just be a little a little blip of something you're not quite sure what it is but that there are helpers tending to it in the background um, seeing to it that that there's form coming to this um, to this little seed and I see this Virgo moon that we're under today, this disseminating moon. We're in the second half of the moon phase, so we have a waning Virgo moon. 
um, emptying itself of the sun's light uh, as releasing the details, releasing the Virgo things, right? Um, as we get ready for a new cycle that will start at the new moon solar eclipse in Sagittarius uh, on Monday the 14th. So let's talk a little bit about the rest of this week though and get you ready. Um, okay, moon is in Virgo currently. It will be for all of the day tomorrow. Um, tomorrow, Monday, December 7th. Um, let's see, we've got, we've got, we've got a lot of creative ideas about how we can serve. We may not be able to articulate them yet. So that's the, that's the thing. It's like we're kind of losing some of the form so that the form can come in more of an intuitive way. Um, the moon will move into its final quarter tomorrow around 4.30 p.m. And last quarter moons have, have a bit of tension to them, but we're, we're really assessing. We're looking at what we have learned. Um, we're preparing for a time of rest and renewal before the new cycle. So there may be a little tension between the big picture and the details. What do I want to do? What should I do? Um, as we're seeking some resolution um, to the events of the last few weeks where we've had a lot of high energy. Uh, the moon on Tuesday will will begin in Virgo. Let me turn my page here. And, um, you know, it is a lot about attending to details. Um, and, you know, so you're releasing, but you're still attending, attending to some of them. Um, and there's some really nice aspects on Tuesday between the moon, Venus, and the outer planets. Around 4 p.m., the moon will move into Libra. We'll be there all day on Wednesday. Um, it's not really the best day Wednesday for uh, for clarity. There may be a bit of confusion. Sun will be squaring Neptune, um, but it is a good day for talking about partnership. Uh, there's some healing energy for relationships on Wednesday. On Thursday, the moon will be in Libra. Um, it'll get a little feisty in the morning, but you'll probably be you'll probably be asleep. It's real early in the morning because moon will make a an hard aspect to Mars, and it's got some tension with the outer planets on Thursday. So just know um, some of that is going on in the heavens. But around uh, 6 p.m., the moon will move into Scorpio, and then the next day, Friday, will remain in Scorpio, and we'll be entering that balsamic phase. The balsamic phase is the last phase of the moon before the new moon. So it's a time of rest and stillness and healing. It's not the time to be amping up one's energy and trying to go, go, go. Um, and because moon in Scorpio likes to go deep and is very reflective, you know, I'm really seeing the end of this week and weekend uh, for those types of activities. So if that helps you plan your week, I hope so. And then on um, Saturday, um, lots of feeling on Saturday afternoon, um, moon will be uh, with Venus. So actually lots of loving feeling, lots of connection um, that can come with moon and Scorpio intensity with uh, that Venus and Scorpio as well. And then the moon will move into Sagittarius on Saturday night and we'll stay there all day Sunday. And it's preparing for the the solar eclipse on Monday. So I'm kind of looking at that Sagittarius moon like it's like the moon moves into Sagittarius and I'm thinking of it as a person who 
knows that there's a surprise party being thrown for them, but they're just kind of waiting for everybody to yell, surprise, uh, which will happen the next day. So next week, we'll talk a little bit more about the eclipse, or you can listen back to last week's episode where I went into a little bit more of the energies. Uh, I hope you have a beautiful week. Be sure to check out the night sky. Astrology is amazing, but we shouldn't just be looking at it on paper and charts uh, and computer screens. Um, Actually look up at the sky. You can see astrology in action really well right now if you have clear skies. Between now and December 21st, you're going to be able to see Saturn and Jupiter getting closer and closer together in the sky. Remember I said they're coming together. Um, They're moving into the sign of Aquarius together. And they're actually going to appear as one star on the solstice. Um, You know, Jupiter's really bright. Saturn is visible, of course, too, but not as bright. So look for two uh, bright specks in the sky. They are probably Saturn and Jupiter. Use one of those apps and check it out. And you're not going to be able to see this for a heck of a long time. And actually, you haven't been able to see these planets get as close as they're getting now since the year 1226. So it's really quite a sight, quite a privilege to get to see them coming together. And as you are watching them every night, if you notice, you know, the next few weeks and want to kind of observe them um, getting closer and closer. You can also be thinking about that little seed of a vision, something that's building in you and imagining that coming into fruition as these two come together, because it is a potent energy that's awaiting us um, in this sign of Aquarius and this air element to come. So um, just wish upon a star, observe observe the heavens this week as you can. And um, I will talk to you next Sunday. Until then, I remain cosmically yours, Kara James.